Okay, good evening. Let's get started. Uh, as we have limited time, uh, given that our presentations tend to go on for a while, it's good to see all of you again online. Um, this is Sachin Karnik here, Thursday evening presentations and dialogue on a variety of different topics. Today we are going to get into desire. What do we mean by the word desire? Uh, what it exactly is all about? We'll try to see, see if we can go further into that. Um, you are encouraged to make comments, ask questions, give your reflections on this, because this is not simply a lecture or anything like that. This is an attempt to think together, to examine together. So we'll do a quick review. As you remember, the EPE program is centered around the basic ideas about energy enhancement, energy conservation. So just do a quick review here and then we'll get into it. This is our central idea. Uh, for those of you who are involved in this program individually and uh, or who are just attending these Thursday sessions, the basic concept is that we have a phenomenal amount of power. We don't even know how much energy we have. We have a tremendous amount of energy, tremendous amount. Most of it is not actually activated. It's kind of lying dormant. And the part that is activated is really split apart in hundreds of different ways. So what we would consider to be known as enlightenment or self-realization or nirvana or the Buddha state or li living liberation, um, whatever you want to call it, all of that is possible once all of our energies come into synchronous functioning. This is the basic concept around which this entire endeavor is built. Uh, it is for the whole of humanity. Everyone is welcome to be part of this. The fact of the matter, which is undeniable, as, as you've heard me say, and you are aware of this, of course, that we are all energy beings. Everything has some form of energy in some way or another. But to access our own fundamental power, is it possible? How do we actually open up the full potential power that is within us or who we are? So, first of all, why should anybody even do that? Why should one activate one's full capacity? Well, one possible answer is that that is a doorway into what we would call enlightenment, into the realization of cosmic consciousness, super consciousness. It is an extraordinary thing. Uh, there have been various sages and saints and mystics and all these different people who have graced our planet in every tradition, many of whom who have woke up to the infinite reality. So personal excellence is a doorway into the infinite. Personal meaning we are a person, we have a sense of individuality. Can we master our inner world? You and I together, are we able to master our inner world? If that is so, then we are going to come across our personal power in every context of life. So the same power is wasted in so many ways. And we're going to talk about that in the context of desire today. Okay, so we'll get to that in just a little while. I just want to create the background for it. See, at any given point in our life, if you kind of just reflectively look, we are awake for so many hours, then we transition into dream sleep, then we transition into deep sleep, then back into dream. At nighttime, we go through various cycles, and then we wake up again. We go through these cycles. I'll ask you a question here. You think about this for a moment. Think about how much energy your brain, your mind, your whole system, and my system generates to allow us to experience the world of waking, the waking world. Phenomenal amount of energy is there just right now. Right now, us together, we have so much energy flowing through our system that our brain with its conscious state is giving us the experience we have. 
and somehow there is consciousness that is experiencing all of this. Fascinating stuff. Now, one of the fundamental drives in human civilization is the drive to be happy, to be joyous, to be stable, to be completely free. Every human being is searching for constant joy and freedom. This is my contention and the contention of so many traditions. The search for joy is a genuine search. The question is, which direction is energy taking in that search for joy? All right, this is a very big question. Now, by the way, I am recording this audio, so not, not on Zoom. I just have a small audio recording here, so I'll send it out by email because some people have difficulty remembering everything that we said, and it's not easy to remember everything. So I will send this out as an audio recording later on sometime, all right? So don't worry about that. You don't have to write every single thing down because it is a bit can get a little bit complicated. But I want you to really stay focused on this point that every human being is searching for constant happiness, constant joy. The search is there. Even a person becomes angry, violent, hateful, negative. Even that individual is trying to open the door into joy using that means. Because they think that that is, that is what they want at that time. It goes back to desire. Same thing is true with all the addictions. Same thing is true with all the religious people, spiritual people. Same thing is true with all the meditators, all the scientists. Everybody, whatever we do, we are trying to come to a state of undisturbed joy. In the Sanskrit language, this is called Ananda, A-A-N-A-N-D-A. -A -A. It's a very beautiful word. Uh, it simply means constant joy, constant glory, constant happiness. Um, so is there such a thing? Is there actually such a thing? Or is it just an idea? So we want to discover this truth. This is a personal discovery, or it is a discovery that starts as a personal discovery into a impersonal realization. That's the beauty of it. The attention for all of us, including me, needs to be kept on how to conserve energy. Like in a bank account, you're saving money. Similarly, energy, if it is conserved, it can do the most extraordinary things for us. It can make our life, in our regular life, day-to-day -day life, so beautiful, so balanced, so that it is. it serves as a divine power. It becomes divine, or it is actually a divine power. That power allows us to open up limitless possibilities, as the last line says in the central concept. It's not just a concept, it's a concept to begin with, but the possibilities are limitless. We're only limited by our own imagination, our own self-imposed limits. We can open up doorways into tremendous things. So there's quite a bit involved in this, but this is the basic idea. And I know I keep repeating this and we keep talking about it, but it's new. Even I've talked about this maybe hundreds of times now. It's new each time, even when I talk about it, because we are new. Energy is new each time. Our mind is different each time. You know, our energy system can be revitalized if we have the right, good kind of relationship with the outside world and, our, and in our inner space. So this is some of the background. Now today, I want to get into desire. It's a very, very interesting uh, uh, discussion. And I hope you will really enjoy it. And I hope you will reflect because our goal is to contemplate together, to reflect together. This is not a lecture that Sachin Karnik is giving you or Sachin is simply presenting something. It's not like that. As, a hum as human beings, as divine beings, can we come together and reflect together? Now, you have seen this diagram before many times. We're going to stay on this today in a little bit more depth to really grasp this carefully by looking at the word desire, okay? So the word desire, let me actually go to the 
pointer here. Okay, yeah, so you'll see a red pointer there. So to understand this, we have been going into it for several months now, step by step. We are carefully contemplating together. See, the beauty of contemplation, let me make a few comments about that. Contemplation is necessary in life. It is reflection and contemplation. Two things. As individuals, we can reflect on the outside world, the external world. We can reflect on our own inner world. How do we do so? We do so where our own reflective capacity is present in our thoughts. Our bigger brain gives us the capacity, the ability to reflect on what is the inner world. Now on this point, the internal reflection is an internal research. It is the research of the inner world. The external reflection is what we call the hard and soft sciences. The hard and soft sciences, hard sciences meaning biology, chemistry, physics, mathematics, etc., things that are very quantitative, they are they have evolved from the reflection on the outside world through the mind. The same mind, human mind, has reflected on the inner world. And that's where psychology, sociology, these disciplines have come about. Meditation, uh, the spiritual, religious traditions, many of these have come about from the internal world reflection. Notice the word reflection. Reflect means what? It means to think over, to examine, to observe, to become aware. All of that is part of human reflection. It's not a rushed process. It's not like a five-minute thing that somebody just thinks about something and we have understood something great. It's not like that. It could be, but not necessarily. In reflection, there are flashes of insight. Notice this point. Flashes of insight. These are quite extraordinary. These flashes of insight are a breakthrough of what is existing internally within us. It's a breakthrough of clarity. Clarity breaks out. Knowledge breaks out. Good, correct vision breaks out. The divisive thinking stops. The synchronicity of all five of these, thought, emotion, memory, desire, energy, this happens. This is not just a simple diagram that we're seeing here. This is a very big thing, very huge. Because it is the reality that we're living in. Now, I want to now start my examination and exploration with tremendous respect for all of you, with a humble, humble prayer to the divine and to all of you that we can do this together to contemplate on this very difficult subject of what is desire. This word here, this word desire, in the Sanskrit language, this is called Icha. Sometimes it is translated as Vasnas, Ichas, Wanting. So many words are there. We can put in English language also, we have so many words. Needs, longings, cravings, all, all such things. Now, to begin this exploration, keep in mind that these five thoughts, emotions, memories, desires, and energy are always together. They are not separate from each other. But there is a way to think about them in a gradation. That thoughts are on the surface. We can we are more aware of our thoughts. Emotions are deeper than thoughts. We feel it much more visceral. Memories are even deeper than thoughts and emotions. As you go down it gets deeper. You know, things that are there from years and years in our inside our memory it's there, but we don't think about it all the time. It kind of comes up in certain situations. So memories are there. There's a whole structure of memory. Massive structure of memory. Nobody even knows how deep it really goes. And a lot of it has to do with the brain, brain synaptic function within the brain. Anyway, now our discussion today is on desire. 
Desire is the essence of life. There is no life of any kind unless we have desire, the way we know it at least. Desire is not anybody's enemy. Desire is, is what is the driving force for all activity while we're alive. Right now, I'm not talking about God or Brahman or super I'm just talking about just our regular life. Nothing happens in our life unless we have desire. If desire completely stops, we cannot live. We will not be able to eat. We will not be able to drink food. I'm sorry, a, a, a drink water. We will not be able to breathe. We will not be able to do anything. Desire has to be there at some level just to survive, just to live. And that force is natural. It is inside the brain, in the primitive part of the brain, known as the uh, uh, the, the um, primitive brain, the lizard brain, the limbic circuitry, the involuntary functions of the body and the mind. That is also part of desire. So desire is not our enemy, as many people think it is. I used to think so many years back, I used to think desire is our enemy. I'm wrong about that. I admit that. I, and I, it took me almost 20 years to realize that desire is not our enemy. In fact, desire is the doorway into superconsciousness. Now, how do we mean that? What does that mean? Think of it this way. Take, I'll take five fingers here. Let's say I've got five desires of different kinds. And then I got five more desires. I got 10 desires. I don't know. Let's, let's say I go to a supermarket. I want to buy, buy something and I have different ideas. I want to buy this, buy this. I have so many different desires coming. At any given point, the problem is not desire. The problem is contradictory desires. This also took years for me to realize. Years. The simple truth. There's a different Contradictory desires means what? One desire against another. In contradiction, that breaks energy. So I'll give you a couple of examples. Someone who is a recreational drinker of beer, some light drinks, once in a while has a drink. No big deal. Enjoys it, okay. But then the same individual starts to feel, oh, I shouldn't have done this. Why did I do this? So uh, this is wrong. Maybe goes into some religious organization. Now, now that organization is telling something. That person is doing something else. And now not, within the individual, there's two different desires. Take cigarette smoking. Someone who says, okay, well, I want to stop smoking. That's another example. Someone who smokes, smokes half a pack a day and says, you know, yeah, I want to smoke. I really want that. I have a desire to smoke. But then there are times when the person feels, I, 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 I got to quit. I got to quit. I, I have to just quit. I have to just stop one day. That's also a desire. So you've got the desire to smoke and the desire to quit. Both are in contradiction. They're, they're stuck with each other. In that contradiction, in that, in that tussle between the two, this core energy is split. And because that core energy is split, even if there is, if, if all desires are synchronous except two of them, still one cannot get enlightened. Desires all have to come to synchronicity, to interlock, interlink with each other. Not one against another. If it is one against another, energy is split and the doorway to super consciousness, enlightenment, Brahman, whatever you want to call it, God, that doorway, in my opinion, is closed. We can do hundreds of religious practices. We can do all kinds of spiritual, even psychological practices, or even those who are just indulging on the material side can keep doing that also. None of that, in my opinion, will ever lead to, to enlightenment because desire is in contradiction with itself. If you go through the scriptures of the world, the religious scriptures, the, the Holy Bible, you go through the Holy Gita, you go through the Upanishads, you go through the Quran, you go through every great tradition at some level, in some way, 
This concept is highlighted. Non-contradictory desire. It is described in different ways. But it's talking about the same state. And until we can reach that state, we will keep spinning in circles. Where we are pulled by different desires, like a puppet is being pulled by hundreds of strings. Like those, you know, those puppet shows. Each human being is like a puppet pulled by thousands of desires, endlessly. So desire is not our enemy. Please be clear. This is my clear statement. It, like I said, it took 20 years to realize this. It took a long time to realize, a very difficult thing to realize, but I'm sharing with you my own realization on this point. Desire is not our enemy. It is when, if we can bring all the desires to complement each other, tremendous things happen. Tremendous things happen. Now, what do we mean by that? I want to go one step further now. I hope we're together on this. This is a difficult thing to describe even for me. I don't know how I'm able to describe it exactly. I'll do my best. Look, at any given time, in any given one hour, for example, when you wake up in the morning, let's say you wake up at 7 a.m. tomorrow. When you wake up at 7 a.m. tomorrow, even just the act of waking up, there's contradiction there. Part of you says, you know, let me sleep five more minutes. Part of you says, let me get up. There's not even clarity in that. Not to mention what happens throughout the day. <laughs> Just think about it. It's unbelievable. And then we get up and say, oh, the alarm is there. Let me turn the alarm off. We have 10 thoughts about it. And then some people keep hitting the snooze button. And then what happens? Then, and then, and then the, you're still dreaming half the time. So that you start dreaming that you've gone to the bathroom and all that. We've had all these kinds of crazy experiences. Look at the chaos that is existing inside our mind. Literally, it, it, it sounds simplistic, but try this tomorrow when you wake up in the morning. See what's going on when you are trying to wake up. Part of you wants to stay asleep. Part of you wants to wake up. Part of you wants to say, let me sleep a few more minutes. Part of you says, you know what? Oh God, it's another day. I don't want to go to work. Part 15 thoughts come which are based on different desires and they're all hitting against each other within a second, within five seconds. Is this true or not? This is very practical. We're not talking about big theories right now. We're talking about things that actually happen in our life. See how tricky this gets. Now, if I decide I want to wake up without any contradiction, I have to decide that. I can decide that on October 30th, which is tomorrow, at 5 o'clock in the morning, this person, Sachin Karnik, is going to wake up no matter what happens and, and wake up and go straight into the bathroom. doesn't matter how tired I am. I don't want to wake. Whatever is happening, I'm going to ignore it. And I'm going to, going to go there. I can decide that. I can decide that now. But when the time comes, I'm in a different frame of mind. I'm getting out of the dream state getting out of the sleep zone. My body is kind of immobilized. My body doesn't want to move. See how tricky this gets. But think of it this way. If we were able to live, now this is interesting, you'll find this quite interesting. If during the daytime, if you and I can have a waking time of eight to 10 hours without any contradictory or any kind of uh, entangled desire, then the nighttime will be very good. It will eventually become very good, very peaceful. And then when it comes time to wake up, the you naturally awake with a tremendous amount of bright energy. This is possible. 100% this is possible. But it is not something that we generally pay any attention to. Most human beings are lost. They're lost in the chaos of waking and dreaming. And to not be lost in that is to create a foundation, which is what this is, creating a foundational balance. To create a foundation 
to say I am deciding not out of my just ego but out of the my infinite power if we say I am the infinite power then then why Sachin Karnak cannot wake up at a time that he has decided of course he can we have power of decision we have power of intention we have power to keep our desires in synchronicity I can say that, okay, wait a minute, tomorrow morning I want to wake up at 5 o'clock, I'm going to wake up because I want to do these three things at that time. I don't want to just sleep away from 5 to 6. I want to use that time beautifully. I'm clear about it. I meditate on that. I think about that. I set my mind that way. When the time comes now, what to do practically? When the time comes, when that alarm goes off, the mind has already shifted into something else. You say, hold on, this decision was made. Let's just do it. Make the body move and get up and get up. Within, within less than two minutes, you'll be back on the track again. That is the mastery of the body and the mind. Rather than being trapped in distortions and, and just mixed kind of life. If we want to live an extraordinary life, we can do that by living the ordinary life without contradiction. That's where we have to begin. And it's not easy in the beginning because we have known only contradiction. Only, only what we know is desires all tangled up. That's the life that we have. We don't know what, we're to, what I'm describing to you, what Sachin is describing to you, is a foreign idea. It's not something that, 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 that most people have even taken two minutes to think about. But until and unless we as human beings can realize the glory of desire, because desire is what is needed for any kind of progress in life, whether it is scientific progress, family progress, occupational progress, academic progress, spiritual or religious or meditative progress, in any area inventions and discoveries in fact when desire is fully in sync each moment is a glory desire is not our enemy if there's no desire there's nothing there's there's no activity of any kind so desire if it is active in its coherent way, it can lead to phenomenal growth, like a rocket ship that takes off with the boosters and all the fuel on there. Same thing is true for people who are religious. They want to, let's say the dualistic traditions that say that I want to pray to God to realize God. You know, it is possible to place one's energy in devotion for those who are more contemplative, who are more reflective, not so much on the devotional side, they can place their energies that way. For those who are scientifically oriented, they can place their energies in fields of science and to reach great heights within that. We can reach great heights only through desire when desire is no longer damaging itself within itself by the energy within itself. We are caught inside our own confusion, which we ourselves have generated. If we examine carefully, we will see that that is the case. That is my request to all of you, and and even to myself I'm making that request, to truly, genuinely, honestly, accurately, clearly, unbiasedly, see the truth of desire. Desire has great power. Desire has so much power, it has caused wars and tremendous harm to the human civilization. And same desire can create tremendous benefit. It's because of the energy within it. The energy is raw. It is core power. It is raw power. Human beings have to decide what to do with that power. And that decision is based on desire. What we are wanting. And if we are not clear 
how to harmonize desire within, the desires can go in extreme directions and many times, if not like 90-95% of the time, many times they can cause tremendous damage. That is why humanity has over 7,000 recorded wars. Who knows how many actually there were? Just what's historically recorded, 7,000 plus recorded wars. And every day new wars are starting all the time. Because humanity has not progressed anywhere near what we are talking about. To truly grasp the glory of desire means that the glorious aspect of it comes out when it is used for personal development and benefit of the world. The heinous and harmful and, and very terrible aspect of desire comes up when that same energy is used for harm. And that harm can be very subtle. It can, be, it can happen just towards oneself. For example, I'm sitting here. I could be sitting around for half an hour thinking about something from my, from my memories. Something comes up and I, and I wind up getting really upset inside. I'm thinking about some situation. I don't even need anything on the outside. I can just create my own disturbance by myself. How much time? And we all do it. From time to time, we're by ourselves and some we just sit around and we create, you know, we roll around in this world of memories and then we, we pull that energy that is within us. We, we spring up many other desires and regrets and this should have happened and that shouldn't have happened. And we are just rolling around inside this web, a chaotic, chaotic web. It's a total engulfment that happens within And to recognize that that is happening is the first step. That is why it is a blessing for me that all of you have taken your valuable time to come here and to be part of this. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. You know, it, it is, it, we don't have these conversations. And it is my request to you to please carefully examine this by yourself and we do the dialogue dialogue is necessary to really look at these things you know i would put it to you as a challenge for tomorrow select one hour out of the day tomorrow doesn't have to be when you wake up it could be just select one hour and say during this one hour i'm going to keep my desires in sync completely in sync i will not allow one desire to fight with another one if I want something, I look at it carefully and I'll go for it. If I don't want something, okay. But if I see one against another, to resolve the contradiction, literally, literally to resolve, I mean, it could be the smallest thing, you'd be surprised what happens. Let's say you have a bowl of apples, you have some grapes, and you have some peaches, three different fruits in front of you on your kitchen table. And you, and you feel like eating a fruit, but you'll notice when the desire is there, you may have all kinds of possibilities. You might just say, you know what, I'm just gonna have an apple. But, but you start picking up the apple, you see the peach, you say, you know what, mm, maybe, maybe I'll have the peach too, okay, maybe I'll have, you might spend 30, 40 seconds trying to figure out what you want. Just in something like this, something small like that. Okay, well, figure out what you want. But, figure it out, when you say, okay, well, no, I'm not gonna have the apple, I'm gonna have the peach. Okay, then if you're going to have the peach, then be fully with the peach. Leave the apple on the side. But if you're eating the peach while your mind is still thinking about the apple, you cannot enjoy the, the peach completely or you're not enjoying the apple also. Hence, you are in a contradictory state. It sounds silly to talk about it this way, but it starts with simple things like this. Not to mention the bigger things, relationships, interpersonal. Oh my God, those are, those are so intricate. We are caught in, in, the, in a jungle, basically. That's, that's the only way to put it. But remember, as I mentioned to you last time, we are the king of the jungle. We're not to be caught in that jungle. So the, it could be start with small things, small, small decisions. And you realize how, how desire is moving through us. That is a great gift from nature that gives us the ability to experience this world. And I'm not even talking about God or Brahman or super consciousness or Jesus or Krishna or Buddha or anybody right now. We're talking about just what's happening right in front of us. 
and look at what, what happens. Look at the mystery of desire. You know, it is, it is one thing to talk about this and just to think about it. It's another matter for me and you to really say, I want to live a completely integrated state where desire comes to a great state of harmony. Now, in taking the path, what do we do? What is to be done, actually? You might be wondering about this. This. It all goes back to realizing and recognizing you are the master of your desires, not the victim of them. The mastery of the mind, which is thought, emotion, memory, desire. This is the mind. All of this is the mind together. Okay, all these five points. The mastery of this, is that possible? Absolutely it is possible. Well, how? How is that possible? This is where meditation is helpful. Reflection on spiritual teachings is helpful. Religious, various bona fide good religious paths are helpful. To bring about the mastery. Just by saying that I'm the master of my mind doesn't happen that way. It happens when one realizes, wait a minute, I want to take a step back and just observe as a witness what in the world I'm doing in my life. And then I can use meditation and scriptures and prayers. I can use all those as tools to help me further. Because that's what they are. But keep attention on the word mastery versus being victimized by the chaos that this, this entire internal world generates. We have a choice to make. I have a choice to make and so do you. Do we want to be trapped inside the internally generated chaos which is obviously connected through the physical body to the external world and all of this whole thing just rolls around within us. Rolls around, rolls around, rolls around. Do we just want to be lost in that? Or do we want to say, wait a minute, hold on, time out. Let me take a pullback. Let me take a step back. Let me pay attention to my breath. Some of you have done some of the meditations with me. You know what I'm talking about. Attention to the breath. Always keep attention to the breath. Attention to the mind and the, the energy within. And when you do that, we become aware of the internal functioning. And we can choose, notice the word choose. Choose where our thoughts can go. We can actually choose how much energy to put inside any emotion. Now, I, I, I don't believe any psychology book is going to teach that. As far as I know, I've studied lots of stuff over the years. There's not a single idea anywhere in psychology that says you can actually choose what emotions you want. But over the years, through spiritual st study, meditation, contemplation, I think that that is definitely possible. We can choose to have the emotion we want. As opposed to the emotion just becoming active just by itself. Now that's a deeper level of realization. But that happens when we master desire. If we can master desire, we will master thought and emotion pretty easily. Thought and emotion don't have any power without desire. And desire doesn't have any, anything in it without energy. It is called in the Sanskrit language, Icha Shakti. Icha Shakti means the power of desire. This is so phenomenal, so tremendous. And once we keep attention to the power itself, then desire is very easy to understand to understand, to grasp, to modify, to, un to awaken. You can play with desire if you know how to open up your own internal power. Now, how do we realize what is the internal power or the power within desires? We know that by the changes in the physical body, our psychological states, our emotional states, we know it right away. For example, if, if one uh, is wanting let's say something to eat that you like let's say you want chocolate ice cream or some something that you want you know you want that 
So you want the pleasure of it, you want the experience of it, all of that. Now the wanting of it is using energy. The going in to get the ice cream from the store, that is using energy. Holding the ice cream can in your, your cone is, you know, it's all using it and then putting it in your mouth and then that experience, wow, this is nice. That's experience. That also uses energy. Everything has energy within it. So you can choose, yes, I'm going to have a cone of chocolate chip, mint chocolate chip ice cream. I want that experience. Okay, well then masterfully want it. As opposed to getting getting so much contradict contradictory and so much torn apart. Oh, I shouldn't be eating this. Why am I eating this? You know, oh, I, you know, we have we have so much internal regret even about the small small pleasures of life. Now, how in the world will we ever realize what is the the higher consciousness if we cannot even embrace the smaller and simpler pleasures without contradiction? Even to have a scoop of ice cream, just a nice scoop of, I'm not talking about eat overindulgence, that's not what I'm saying. But you wanted it, so you got it. Can you be in it fully? Being in it fully, being completely in, the, in that experience and recognizing the experience is a wave. There's a beginning, there's a certain peak of pleasure, and then there's a drop. Realizing that it's like a wave on the ocean. So what's wrong with that? That's part of, that's part, we have a human body, we want to experience the world outside. What is the problem with it exactly? Well, there isn't any problem with it. The problem with it, it, it comes on, in two ways. When we hyperindulge, you say, oh, I like it so much, I want to eat three scoops and put whipped cream in, and, and then I get sick after eating three or four scoops. That's a problem. There's another problem on the other side. Oh, no, 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 no. Because I, I like ice cream, I'm going to kill my desire for it. I'm just not going to eat it for the next year. Why did I even have the thought of an ice cream? That's disconnecting me from God or, 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 you know, I shouldn't even be having that thought. Now you're fighting with that thought. You're trying to kill that thought. That thought is going to become 10 times stronger. It's a problem on both sides. That's where the problem areas begin. People who do extreme things on both sides, they wind up in problem areas. So the desire for an ice cream cone is beautiful. What's, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with it as long as we realize that we are enjoying it and the experience is a sensory experience that we want. And that experience, now if you take it a bit further, that experience is like the wave in the ocean. The wave cannot exist without the ocean and the wave is a different form of the ocean. Similarly, the experience of pleasure is neuropsychologically generated. It is a wave happening on the substratum of consciousness. The substratum of consciousness is our actual ground. It's the, it's the, it's the life itself, it's existence itself, upon which so many things come and go. So to realize that ground, that consciousness, desire and core energy are a doorway into that realization where personal excellence occurs. I hope this is clear. I don't, I don't want to go too far into it at this point. I want to give you all an opportunity to reflect on this and, and ask some questions if you have them. Or if you have some comments, I would love to hear what you all have to say about this. So I will uh, would love to love to hear from all of you. Have a nice small group of people here. <laughs> Miss Debbie, good to see you. Everybody's there. Good to see all of you. What are your thoughts about all of this? What 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 comments do you have about this so far? Does anybody want to say anything about this? First of all, let me ask each of you this question. What I presented here, did that make any sense? Do you, did, did you understand what I, what I presented? Did you get what I was trying to say? It absolutely makes sense, yes. Okay, very good. 
Very good. Other other uh, comments you miss Debbie or uh, anybody has about this? See, our go we want to move into a contemplative state. We want to think together. I presented some ideas here. What are your thoughts about this? What is your reflection and what is desire? Please go ahead. Is focus on desire once it's a sheaf the same thing? It, it does that help a person manifest? Because there's a lot of talk about folks being able to manifest their desires, yeah. and it's because of focus that they have placed on an idea, a thought, uh, something that they want to have occur. So is, 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 is that on the same line? Yes. So, yes. So, so thank you for the question. That is a little further uh, development in, in our presentation here. Let me see um, if I understood the question correctly. I believe you're talking about what is known as law of attraction. Uh, you know, so the law of attraction, or the, or, or the book that Rhonda Rhimes wrote about the secret and all—it's it's that same idea. That the basic idea is that when we want something, generally, what happens to all of us? We think that it's missing. This is missing. This is missing. So that's what we want it. The law of attraction idea is just the opposite. That even if you feel something is missing, change the feeling that is there. This is what you're saying. If you can change the feeling. That, that and, the, and the belief that it's actually there, then what will happen is that that sense of that thing that is missing will go away and you will, you will bring, you'll resonate with having the, the, the experience rather than the experience missing from your life. This is called law of attraction. And, and you know, Rhonda Rhymes... So it's, it's having a desire. Yes. So it's having the desire... And not have not allowing any contradictory thoughts or desires to come in. Yes, you you have it. Yes, you see it. You believe it. Yes, and you don't allow anything else to block it or conflict. With yes, it. So yes, yes. To and, me, it kind of meant, it kind of goes in line with that. Yes, yeah, exactly. You you said it hundred percent correctly. Now, now, see if you're actually in in such a state, then every action that is performed is in alignment with that state. You follow? So, so even if there are other changes that happen, your alignment internally is never disturbed from, from that. Usually people have desires, they're wanting something, they're saying, oh, this is missing, oh, why is it not happening? I'm trying this, but it's still not happening. And so we're stuck in that thought wave, this is missing, this is missing, this is missing. So law of attraction will say, what you're feeling that it's missing, then it'll be missing. And this is the idea, <laughs> you know, but, but if you really bring your emotions to say, no, I haven't, it's a belief after all, but you bring it to that. So, so, so the inner space remains very stable and calm. That's the whole idea. See, actually, let me give you a spiritual example. Okay. So in the Indian scriptures, my good friend from Houston is there. Uh, Mr. J uh, Jagdish, and he's very, more versed in this than even I am, um, the, in, in some of the more Vedantic teachings. The idea in, in that tradition is that you are the super consciousness, you are the supreme being. This is that basic idea. So many people start with that. They say that, you know what, rather than just trying like a step by step, eventually someday I'll get there, I can just proclaim that I am that, Tattvamasi, I am that, that, that great consciousness. Okay, that's a belief. Even though one may not have realized that one can believe that. Okay, I am believing that. If I believe that, then what will happen is that my every action, thought, everything I do is in alignment with, with, with that belief. You follow what I'm trying to say? For example, someone who says, I want to be a multimillionaire. Okay, they, a lot of people say that, but to really believe that, hold on to that, put all of the energy behind that is a different matter. So whatever the goals may be in life, it begins with belief. And, and, and the goals are only propping up in our mind because of desire. Without desire, we don't have any goals. We cannot actually even formulate short-term, long-term goals without desire. That's why I said desire is not our enemy. It took, like it, took, it took me a long time to really grasp that. 
it's a very tricky thing to understand also. But the fact of the matter is that the energy within desire is raw and it's usually desires are pulling that power in a hundred different ways. It's literally just tearing it apart. And all we have to do is just turn on the, the TV just for 10 minutes and see what happens inside. <laughs> you don't need any spiritual text or anything. You can find out right away just by, by, by what's going on, going on with it. You know, so please, Milu, go ahead, please. I have a question regarding desire. Yes. So say if somebody has a desire to come to attack another country to take over. Yes. Country, right? Yes. So, that's to me that desire is destructive desire yes it is it is it is see this is very interesting it is energy being used in a focused way to cause damage to another because of the me versus the you right so in such a state there's a contradiction right there with another person the contradiction is not just internal, it's external too. In fact, other country where you want to take over. Sure, other country, other person. Whenever there is a conflict with somebody else, there is a there is a is it's a conflict of desires actually. It's the, it's the fight of the egos, it's the fight of the desires. It's me, this is my land, this is my country, this is your me versus you, it's tribalism. So, so it's a tremendous amount of contradiction. Not just contradiction, it's contradiction, but it is it is contraindication. It's contraindicated to enlightenment. You understand? Contraindication means what? That that it is it it, it, it means that once you go